In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for testimony to bear witness to the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own home, and his own people received him not. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten Son from the Father. When it was evening, he sat at table with the twelve disciples. And as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for him, for that man, if he had not been born. Judas, who betrayed him, said, Is it I, Master? He said to him, You have said so. We've all heard this gospel before, and I've reflected on it at least once. When our Lord speaks of his betrayal, the response is interesting. Is it I, Lord, one after another? Ten said that. Because in the presence of divinity, in the presence of God, in the presence of the Eucharist, none of us can be sure of our own innocence. We can be sure that we are not. They realize that. I think that's why some people don't want to spend time in front of the Blessed Sacrament. They all of a sudden realize that they aren't what they thought they were. That they are far less, perhaps, it takes great humility to be in the presence of the Lord. On the one hand, we can be very beautiful for the state of grace, although we know that we are not perfectly innocent. And we are always having to go back to the Lord again and again to renew that and to build on it. So hopefully every day we become more innocent than we were the day before. That seems strange, doesn't it? We think we lose innocence and lose it and lose it. The fact of the matter is we may, but we can build on it and build on it and build on it too if we want to. So they realize that they are perfectly capable of betraying him, although in a short, in a few moments they will say, 
along with St. Peter, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. Of course, they don't. They all desert him. So those ten say, is it I, Lord? As we might say. One says, St. John, a beloved disciple, who is it, Lord? Remember what St. Peter said? When our Lord announced it, he then turned to him and said, typical of St. Peter, who's always curious, has to know everything, has to be in control. St. Peter turns to St. John and says, ask him who it is. Uh, so St. John does. He says, who is it, Lord? And the Lord tells him. And then our Lord is confronted by Judas. But Judas doesn't say, is it I, Lord? He says, is it I, Master? Only through the Holy Spirit can we call Jesus Lord. Is it I, Master? And our Lord says to him, You have said so. And even then, Judas, knowing that he is known, and knowing still that he is loved, is committed to his betrayal, is committed to his treachery. Judas at some point must have loved the Lord. He followed him. He went out with the other disciples. He worked miracles. He cured the sick, drove out demons. But something went wrong. Greed, perhaps. Although I've said before, it's interesting, isn't it? The first time Judas is mentioned in Scripture, in the Gospel of St. John, is when our Lord instituted the Eucharist in the sixth chapter. And Jesus said, I know whom I have chosen, but one of you is a devil. And St. John says, he was speaking of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. He would, one of the twelve, he who it was who would betray him. Again, one of the twelve. Notice the intimacy that should have been there. So Jesus loves this man, but Judas will not respond. In the end, as we know, there will be two people who repent publicly. St. Peter, who repents to the Lord, and Judas, who repents to himself. Judas felt sorry for himself, and he couldn't recover. He despaired. I've said before in one of my homilies that despair is often the offspring of pride. That feeling uh, of resentment when an overly inflated self-image bursts upon exposure to the light. So it was with Judas. It's sad, I've said this before too, it's one stained glass window we will never see, one painting or mosaic we will never see is the repentance of Judas. How easy it would have been. Our Lord would have forgiven him in a heartbeat. So, we then aren't like that. We may be sinful, we may fall, we may not be innocent, but we know that we can always return to the Lord, whatever the case may be, and always especially to the Eucharist. The Eucharist is where we find healing and forgiveness. There is no place on earth, I don't hesitate to say this either, no matter how much we love our families and our families love us, there is no place on earth where we will receive a warmer welcome than in the presence of Jesus Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. We're always sure of that whenever we go there, however ugly we may appear to be. I was talking to a priest the other day who was a convert. He uh, came from a Calvinist background, and he said, a minister once 
said to him, do you know when God looks at you, do you know what an ugly thing he sees? When he became a Catholic, and he realized the church doesn't believe that at all. We're in the state of grace. We may not be perfect, but we are beautiful. Um, that's what grace does to us. God looks at us joyfully, as he will here. And if we aren't, if we have become ugly through our own will, God wants to bring us back so he can restore the beauty, as only he can. Let's spend a few moments sitting in the presence of infinite beauty and infinite mercy and infinite forgiveness and realize that while none of us can profess our innocence in the presence of the Lord, we can always know that we are welcome. Your attitude must be that of Christ. Though he was in the form of God, he did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. Rather, he emptied himself, becoming a slave. He took on the form of men. He humbled himself. He was known to be of human estate, and it was that he humbled himself, obediently accepting even death, death on a cross. Because of this, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name above every other name. So that the name of Jesus, every name must bend in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Let every tongue proclaim to the glory of Christ the Lord. Jesus is Lord.